Hey, it's Nelvin Medor here with a swipe email, which is a swipe wisdom, interesting picture, essays, and sketch. And this is for April 14th, 2023. Let's get started with a swipe. So a constant chore of marketers is to demonstrate why a cheaper product is not necessarily better. Whether you are selling a product like a shoe or whether you're selling a product like a course or maybe even a live cohort, sometimes there's cheaper options everywhere and you have to convince people why spend this much money when there's something for five bucks on the market. And so your job is to demonstrate why a cheaper product is not necessarily better. It might actually even cost you more in replacement over time. I have learned this the hard way a million times. There's a great quote in the housing industry, do it nice or do it twice, where if you try to put up some cheap material, like within one year it falls down, then you have to spend money to replace it and do it again and it looks crappy. So it's better to just upfront spend the money on really good quality stuff. And as a marketer, it's your job to demonstrate that. So I thought this graphic is a nice job uh, with two pairs of running shoes. Some of this graphic is okay. I thought it could have been designed better, but it says why cheaper is not better. And it shows running shoe A versus running shoe B, which is half the price. But it shows that running shoe B, which is cheaper, is unsupported, poor cushioning, and its lifespan is only one year. And you could potentially hurt your ankle, which would cost you $5,000 in surgery. And it'll show you the potential cost in 10 years, which I thought is like an interesting way to demonstrate why spending 160 bucks on a shoe right now is gonna be a much better value in the long run. For example, one of my favorite pairs of dress shoes, I had a stylist like 10 plus years ago, and she was like, you gotta buy these shoes, and they cost 220 bucks. And back then, I never spent that much money on shoes, and I was like, well, there's like shoes that look the same for like 80 bucks over here. She's like, you gotta buy these shoes. I don't know, 10, 12 years later, I'm still wearing those shoes and they're still my favorite shoes and they always have felt great. They've been through rain, water, mud, snow all around the world, packed up, not taken care of at all, and they still have lasted. And so if you divide out how many years I've been using those shoes, it was totally worth the money, whereas other shoes would have just crumbled within a year. Here's a quick piece of wisdom. I've always believed copywriting is a skill to learn so you can apply it to whatever business you own. And this copywriting skill is not necessarily to become a professional copywriter. And this way you can prove any piece of marketing material you ever send out, email, homepage, webpage, whatever in the future. It doesn't really matter. You can apply it to everything, psychological tactics to make stuff convert better. So a lot of people, uh, whenever they join copywriting course, they sometimes are like, is this to become a copywriter? And I'm like, well, there are people like 15 to 20% that want to become professional copywriters, but have aspirations of starting something else. But what most people inside copywriting course are doing is they're taking a business that they own, whether they have employees or not, and improving everything in it. And then yes, sometimes people take contracts to do copywriting as contract to make extra money and for fun. So, but the thing is one people thing to realize is that copywriting course is mainly for business owners. And so I've seen these other courses out there that, uh, you know, tell everyone they can become a copywriter. And, and I gotta admit, I hate to say, but I don't think it's true. I don't think everything, everyone wants to become a copywriter or everyone has the aptitude to do it. What you're doing when you become a copywriter is essentially you're telling a company, I wanna take over your marketing, which is a very valuable thing. And if you have no experience, it is very hard for some people to become copywriters, but it is very easy if you have a business or a product or service that you sell to take each and every one of your pages and improve it with copywriting, making you way more money than you could possibly make by just contracting out as a copywriter. Here's something interesting. So a lot of people ask me about uh, taglines and slogans. We get this one a lot. And a lot of people 
pay attention to these big billion dollar brands like Apple. It's like think different. So they come up with these vague aspirational headlines or taglines. But instead, I would posit this. You should pick a slogan based on the size of your company. So for example, if you're a very small company, be very direct. If you're a medium company, be slightly vague. And if you're a big company, be aspirational. For example, a $0 a year business offering copywriting your tagline, it doesn't matter. You're, you're doing $0 a year. Your slogan and your tagline aren't going to sell anything. Just say, hey, dude, I need help with your copy, with some copywriting. That's it. I can help you with your copywriting. That could be your slogan. It doesn't matter. If you're a $10,000 a year business, you know, you got some income, but not a lot. You start saying, I can help you with a web page and copywriting for your email list. So you can be a little more specific. Then if you're like a $100,000 a year business, you could say, uh, let us help get customers to your business. Then if you're a million dollar a year business, you could say the trusted agency for offline businesses. You can start going a little bit more vague because now at a million dollars, you're probably offering multiple products, multiple services. If you're a $100 million a year business, you can just start being a little bit vague. So you can say marketing on point. And then at a billion dollar a year, you're gonna go aspirational, tell the world. And the thing is, at a billion dollar brand, people know who you are. You probably have a lot of uh, experience under your belt. You probably have a lot of referrals at the time. So your slogan does not have to be as direct. So if you're a giant brand, you have many products, many services, a direct slogan is very hard. Like imagine for Apple, it's really hard to say, we sell iPhones. It's like, well, they sell a lot of other stuff. That's when you can go aspirational and vague, like Apple, think different, Coca-Cola, open happiness, Ford, go further. Nike, just do it. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Verizon, can you hear me now? So my personal opinion for the best-selling big company slogan is Geico because their slogan also sells. So I think they may have changed this recently, but it used to be 15 minutes could save you 15% or more of your car insurance. That was their slogan, and it actually sells you on buying the product, which is, in my opinion, the best slogan around. Here's a random picture. To me, this is what the ideal male body looks like. It's a picture of Conor McGregor in a park, um, and... It's funny, he is a world-class fighter, but judging by this picture above, he's roughly between like 10 and 12% body fat, which is not insane. Like he has a flat stomach, but not like some crazy six pack or anything. And I like this body style because he has muscles, which look big, like you can tell he works out, but they're not too big. And he has maintainable body fat between 10 and 12% is nothing. It's not something like you cannot maintain. Whereas sometimes like, you know, those guys that are in shows for bodybuilding, they are at such low, low body fat that their body hurts, they're always tired, that kind of thing. And at this level of muscles, you can still be limber. Like if you get really big, one time I got really big, my arms got really big, I couldn't fit into shirts, I couldn't even scratch my back because my muscles got so big. And I just felt like it was kind of dumb. Like there was no purpose to having muscles this large. So uh, my goal is hot by May. I'm trying to get to 15% body fat. And uh, I've lost, I think, seven pounds this month or in the last like 30 days or so, trying to get a few pounds more. And I think I can comfortably live at that percentage for the rest of my life. It's just something I've thought about more and more, like what body size and shape do I want for the rest of my life? Um, Here's an interesting essay. So one regret I've had is not putting my consulting on a platform. Let me explain what that means. So I have this little tiny page uh, that I've offered consulting on for a long time. A lot of people on my email list will reach out and say, hey, Neville, can you uh, can you do some consulting for me? And I say, uh, sure. And they say, well, what do we charge? So I started doing 750 an hour. And th- that just seemed to be this magical number that people thought it was fair. And I was like, I'll take 750 bucks to talk to you for an hour. And so 100% of my consulting has come to this one little page I wrote a while ago. 
And that dumb little page has resulted in hundreds of consulting calls over the years. I reserve Tuesdays for them and they're great fun and educational. So I get to hear people's cool stories and behind the scenes numbers. I get to get exposed to a bunch of different industries I never would have thought of. Um, I get to advise on marketing tactics and see the results of all these experiments. I get to make some extra cash and I get extra clients out of it. Sometimes I've even invested in companies where someone paid for consulting. I'm like, this is a cool company. I love to invest. But my big mistake has been, uh, it's not a cascading content. So I talk about this concept called cascading content. If I'm gonna write something on Twitter, I have to be able to be using my newsletter and then I have to be able to use it in my blog or a video. So one piece of content I write can be reused in multiple places. The consulting kind of comes and goes. So someone pays me some money for a couple sessions, we talk and that's it. They don't review me, they don't leave a testimonial, no nothing, I have no system in place for that. So I really wish that I had put myself on a platform early on and started building credibility through those hundreds of sessions. So imagine that I was on uh, intro.co or clarity.fm or upwork.com or mentorpass.com or something like that. Um, I wish I could reverse by a few years and have a bunch of reviews on one of those platforms. And the cool part is, because then you can just book up the day really, really easily without me doing anything um, with calls. So while consulting is not a scalable business activity, which is why I just relegate it to Tuesdays. I feel like I personally learn a ton from other people on these consulting calls and, and they're paying me to do it. And I feel like I make genuine connections as well. So uh, there's a lot of benefit in it. And I actually think I make like 10X for people who sign up for consulting calls as well. That's always my goal to 10X their investment in whatever they paid me. So this will probably be something I try to build up in Q3 of this year. Uh, everything else I do has some sort of scale associated with it, except this. And I was just like, you know what? Damn, I wish I would have gone back five years and just like picked Upwork or something. And um, the steps I'm gonna use to build this out on uh, Q3 is one, picking the right platform to build on. And I'm still undecided about this. If you have any ideas, please email me and let me know. So I just made a profile on intro.co here and we'll try that first. Um, I like intro because it seems easy and they have their own little platform through an app and stuff. It, it seems cool but um, it does seem like there's not a lot of traffic to it, which is a downside I'm seeing. Step two would be to build up reviews and results on some platform and just go hard on one platform. So I am slightly leaning towards Upwork and let me explain this. Upwork is associated with cheap hourly work, but it has like 50 million plus views a month. It's worldwide, it has many high-end workers that charge you know $1,000 plus per hour. And now it doesn't have it actually has a consultation feature. Like I didn't like Upwork because it didn't have this, but in recent years, I've noticed it does have a consultation feature where someone could just book a consult for you right there. So I'm curious if you have any experience with any good platforms for this to scale out a consulting thing rather than just doing it on my own. I do like having the power of a platform that drives traffic that I would otherwise never get. So for example, if I just post content on copywritingcourse.com, only people subscribed to my blog or that find my blog would see it. But if I post it to Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube, it shows it to a whole other world of people that would never just see my blog. So that's the power of having a platform. And man, I really wish I'd go back five years and started consulting on that. And finally, we got a sketch. So uh, here's a chat GPT cheat sheet. And um, while I'm not gonna use every single one of these, I thought it's interesting with ChatGPT, I use it 
I try to use it every day and I use it sometimes more than others, but uh, it's just this one pager, like in one screenshot, you could see all these different prompts for marketers, prompts for chaining, prompts for designers, prompts for developers, et cetera, how to learn from ChatGPT. And even if you pick up one little thing from this sheet, it's super helpful. So I love things that are screenshotable. And if you have an email or a blog post and you include something that's screenshotable, it just makes it so much better. Anyways, my name is Neville Medora. Thank you so much. Check out the uh, check out intro.co slash Neville Medora. I put the link in here. See if you what you think of this. I don't know. I'm trying to scale out this consulting thing. I've always loved consulting. It has a special place in my heart. It's brought me, uh, you know, a lot of money over the years, as well as just like a lot of other bigger things led from it. So I like to figure out a proper way to scale it. I'm going to think really hard about it before moving on. Anyways, thank you so much. My name is Neville Medora. Talk to you later.